Welcome back to the Forex Beginner Podcast. It's your boy Calvin, the new trader, checking in. Today we have an interview with someone that I actually started listening to on his podcast. He is a professional prop trader. He goes by the name of VP. He is the host of the No Nonsense Forex uh, Movement. It's a book, it's a podcast, it's a YouTube channel, it's all of that good stuff. Um, but he is somebody that has been trading professionally, I believe, about nine years now, right? Or maybe a little bit more than that. But uh, today, I had the opportunity to give him some flowers and thank him for the impact that he has had on my journey, just opening up my eyes to what's possible in Forex. And uh, also asked him a few questions about his journey and how he got to where he is today. And I hope that you would enjoy this episode as well. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and uh, we got an audio podcast interview here. All right. Let's thank our sponsors. You're listening to the Forex Beginner Podcast with Calvin, the new trader. On this podcast, you'll get daily motivation, encouragement, and Forex trading tips as Calvin, the new trader, shares his journey with you. VP, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Calvin. It's uh, it's good to talk to a student, too. I really don't get a chance to do this a whole lot. So I was happy to hear um, that you were a follower of mine. And uh, I love all the success you're having on YouTube as well. So it's, uh, it's good to be here, man. Thank you so much. And it's an honor. I'm just happy that Listen, you are a man of your word, because even in your older episodes, you always say, listen, you got a question, email me, just fill out the contact form. And it's amazing to see that years later, you're still checking that email. So thank you for being consistent in what you do. <laughs> no, of course, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a little bit easier now because um, I don't know if you kind of remember like late 2018, most of 2019, that's when kind of the mania hit for my channel, when it really started growing kind of out of control. And uh, I was seeing about 60 to sometimes 100 emails a day. Um, so you got to be careful what you wish for in this industry. But I had to shut it down a little bit. But nowadays, I don't get that much um, because you know it's, it's the overall life cycle of a channel. You know, a lot of the pretenders fade away over time and the real ones stay. And, uh, and instead of having, you know, a really large audience to deal with every day, you end up having the right audience. And so that's where I'm at right now. It's a really, really great place to be. Um, so yeah, for what it's worth, yeah, it's uh, I'm happy to answer emails now because I, I simply get less of them. So yeah, you, you, if anybody asks me a question out there, you're guaranteed to get an answer, unlike last time when it was kind of up in the air. In this time right now, for a person that's been doing this for so many years at the professional level, right? My one question is, for the new trader that's coming in, is it still possible to build a career as a day trader? Well, that never changed. Uh, the market's always the market, um, despite whatever kind of propaganda you see online. Hang on. I've got to clear my throat here, Calvin. <clears throat> okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Despite whatever you see online, the market did not change. If anything, you know, if you're a trend trader, volume has actually kind of come back to a degree. We went through a good four or five years where it was, it was a bit rough out there. So, uh, so absolutely. People are doing it all the time. Um, I, I still get correspondence from people who are turning pro all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very possible. You just have to, it's the same as it always was, Calvin. You got to go, you really got to take your bumps and bruises early on. You know, I've always said, I think people need to blow out an account or two. I think people need to get scammed. You know, as rough as it is, these are, and I think you can probably attest to this a little bit. These are just kind of the rites of passage you need to go through so they don't affect you later on when it really matters. So, uh, so, so long, long story longer. Yes, it's, uh, it's absolutely, it's every bit as possible as it was. Um, but just understand, you're going to be in for a for a long and and pretty rough ride. You better be ready for that. Don't get too allured at these success stories you see. They're very rare. Um, I don't know if they're real or not. I hope they are. You know, I don't. I certainly don't hate on success. But don't see somebody driving a nice car saying, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a forex trader, day trader, prop trader," and think that's going to be your life anytime soon. 
It's just not. Yeah. So tell me, how long have you been a professional prop trader? Uh, since 2014. So, yeah, I think that was the summer. So nine years going on. And this is a firm that you sought after, you kind of had them in your view, or was it presented to you by a friend, a colleague? Like, how did you figure out that that was the route you were going to take? I think I found them on monster.com. Do you remember that site? I do. I do. <laughs> and I was just looking for prop firms because, you know, back then, especially a lot of them didn't really advertise. You were still kind of in an age to where prop firm trading meant, you know, walking into a building and getting screamed at by a coke addict from, you know, nine to five as you, you know, just sat there and traded all frantically. You know, that was the prop firm industry for a long time. And right around, you know, the early 2010s that that angle, well, that that arm of the industry was still still getting phased out a little bit. And the more, you know, remote, like you can do this from wherever, wherever you want, arm of the prop firm industry was just kind of entering the game. So I didn't know where to look. I didn't want to move to Boston or New York or LA to be a, a prop trader. I would if I had to, but I was looking for better options. And then uh, Maverick Trading, you know, the the firm I'm still with was the one that just kind of just kind of popped up. And, uh, and that was that. Beautiful. So as we can see already, it's still possible. The market is still the market. And we have somebody here that has been doing it with the same firm since 2014. All right. So with that being said, I just wanted to lay the foundation out for our, our listeners and anybody that's new and that's coming in. So how did you even get into trading? Just just starting from the beginning, the inception of just what was going on in life, what financially wasn't going right because typically when things aren't going right financially when we feel like we're working way too hard for a little bit of money that seems to be like the aha moment where man i gotta do something different so what wasn't working financially for you and what made you get into this arena of controlling your your finances or managing money. I want to talk to you about prop firms and getting funded. We all know that there are many prop firms out there. We all know that the opportunity to trade other people's capital is the easiest way to become profitable as a trader. However, with so many different changes going on in the prop firm space, you want to find a prop firm that is leveling the playing field for you to actually get funded and reach that super quick payout. So what has come to my attention is a prop firm called Blue Guard. Guardian, all right. Now, Blue Guardian has this amazing technology called the Guardian Protector. All right. And it has me excited because I know for my new beginner and developing traders, sometimes we say in our mind, we're going to trade the right way. And then we take that wrong trade and then everything, all the discipline goes out of the window and we over leverage that next trade and boom, we hit our daily drawdown. But what Blue Guardian, the prop firm is doing is they created something called the Guardian Protector that allows you to go into your back office before you you even start taking trades and you can set a limit so that you never hit your daily drawdown limit it doesn't matter how undisciplined you get in the moment once you set that guardian protector equity limit you cannot violate your daily drawdown and so that allows you to stay in the game that is leveling the playing field so that you can actually be successful and pass this challenge and get to a quick payout all right so ladies and gentlemen if you're interested in checking out blue guardian use new trader one at checkout again the code is new trader one at checkout link in the description of this podcast episode and i look forward to catching you at the bank when you get your first prop firm payout all right so it was 2009 i was waiting tables in vegas and i got this new job and i was really excited about it because they were right next to the las vegas convention center not right on top of it but like they had a deal where a lot of conventioneers would would go there and right when i joined this restaurant uh, i loved it uh, we were making a ton of money i loved everybody i was working with but all of a sudden they they just decided to stop advertising with the convention center so like we went from i don't know probably three, 400 covers a night down to maybe 80, 90 reservations. Like it was a big, big drop in the summertime. It just completely dropped off. So, um, so I was looking for a different route. I had been for a while, you know, I've been in restaurants for a while and, and, you know, it's 
one year in a restaurant's like three or four years at another job just because the physical and you know emotional toil on you is just, it's it's like a death by a thousand cuts but anyway um the cool thing about vegas is almost everybody in the industry has some other side hustle in their back pocket so it's not like a lot of places where if you're in restaurants, you're just doing that to make weed money or, you know, your husband makes all the money. That, that's how it is in a lot of places. In Vegas, man, you got real hustlers out there. And so that was a good environment to be around. And one of the guys was a penny stock trader. And he claimed to be really, really good at it. And so he told me about the industry a little bit, you know, and it, like I said, we had a lot of free time because it was super dead at this restaurant. And uh, he gave me a stock pick that 10 x in, in a matter of like a week or two. And he even told me to take profit off almost near the top. I'm like, this guy is legit. Oh my God. So I pretty much decided then and there that this is what I'm going to do <laughs> because this guy's got the magic touch. I'm just going to ride him to victory. Problem was the next three picks he gave out completely crashed. And so I lost all that money I made in a hurry, but I still had that itch. You know, once that investment bug or trading bug bites you, it tends to hang on, you know, the, the, uh, the poison or whatever it is just stays in your body, you know, in a good way. So I'm like, all right, summertime's coming up again. These penny stocks just completely dry up. I need something else. So I was on a, um, a community forum called iHub and they had a Forex tab. I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. And so I found the guy who seemed to know the most or seemed to kind of be the leader of the forum. And I just reached out to him and I said, hey, man, I'm not looking for actual advice. Can you just point me in a direction? I want to learn this. And he pointed me over to a site called Baby Pips. Not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's where I learned. And um, I have a really big, like raging case of ADD. So I don't learn a lot of things very easy. Some things I don't learn at all, like algebra, guitar, like, you know, certain things I just can't grasp, but certain things I really, really grasp. And this was one of those things. And so I got super excited. I'm like, okay, that's it. I, you know, I learned how to read a chart for the first time. Charts were always very daunting to me as they are to a lot of people until you learn, then they're like super easy. And so I'm like, okay, let's, this is what I'm going to do from here on out. I made that decision. I was like, pass or fail, however long it takes. This is what I'm going to do from here on out. I don't need to rely on anybody else because I hate that. Um, people are very unreliable. Let's just grab this bull by the horns and let's go. And so that's how that whole thing came about. And um, then uh, over time, I don't know if you want me to keep going on this, but uh, over time, I ran into uh, ICT, who I think you're familiar with, Inner Circle Trader. And he was one of the price action guys that just, he was on a different level than everybody else. Even people you see trading price action now, like big YouTube people in the crypto world and the Forex world, they're still kind of operating inside the basic confines of what price action trading is. This guy was always different. So I followed him for a good year, but I just wasn't having any success myself. And price action is one of those things you also can't test, which drove me crazy. So I took some of his concepts and ran with it and found my own way to trade that was very indicator heavy. And we can talk about indicators later if you want, but it made a lot more sense to me. It gave me definitive signals. I could test it. I'm like, hey, this is really something. A lot of people crap on indicators, but man, I was wrong to think that, you know, that, that the criticisms they had were actually valid. These things, you know, if you find the right ones, are really, really good. And so that was the beginning of my actual, you know, successful trading career. And in that successful trading career, I still had a lot of complete wipeouts. But that's kind of uh, where the fascination began. And that's also kind of where my initial su success began. How are you motivating yourself as you're navigating this new thing by yourself? Well, two ways. One, the restaurant industry sucks. And the longer you do it, the more it sucks. And so that's just, like I said, that's the little, that Chinese water torture, that death by a thousand cuts, just every day, just, just digs into you a little bit more and more and more. And, you know, and then you feel your body start to go, but you have a physical job, so you can't really do anything about it. You know, there's that whole death cycle. And then, um, and I never found Forex to be boring or tedious. I was always really, really excited by it. 
So, um, and, and, and that's, again, that's what, there's only certain things in this world that excite me to that level. And that was one of those things. So I never had those problems you talk about. I would almost say if people find this work to be tedious and unexciting, that they find something else to do because you're, you're never really going to be pushed to take this to the level where you need to take it. Um, but that was not a problem for me. You know, I, I, I always love this game. Like I said, I took to it really well. It wasn't something that I got frustrated by because I just couldn't figure out X, Y, or Z. I, I got it. You know, I got it instantly. And then it was just a matter of actually taking that knowledge and uh, and building a system and learning more and testing and just putting in that kind of work, which I absolutely didn't mind. I actually looked forward to coming home and staying up to late hours in the morning to sit there and test and learn new things. Mm. So would you say the desire to learn and to just explore this new skill set and the fun of it that overseeded or outweighed the need and greed for money at that stage? Yeah, it wasn't need and greed for money so much. I mean, you know how it is at first, you know, you learn about leverage. You're like, oh, for every dollar I put in this game, I can get, you know, I get $50 of equity. You know, that's, that's crazy, you know? So you learn that it's a stupid thing to think because, you know, leverage is leverage. But, um, you know, so you, you start getting these big grandiose dreams. But after a while, you know, those fade away a little bit and then reality sets in. But um, again, I just wanted to distance myself from an actual job. And I felt for the first time ever that this was my real ticket out. So that alone um, can keep a man going for a while. But but I also just loved Forex trading on top of that. So that, that's, that is a perfect combination. Perfect. So we know you're motivated. You're dedicated at this point. You're excited coming home. Man, I can't wait to get in these charts studying. What does that study process look like? And you talked about that indicator-based trading seemed to be better for you, more suited for you, because it's something that you could actually test out and back test. Um, so for you, when you're going through it and you're looking at these indicators, like, are you just testing everything? Or like, did you have a guide on which ones to use? Or did you read books? Like, how did you go about that studying process and developing um, which indicators to use and which not to use? So I'm a trend trader. And I don't know when I decided to become that. But I, I knew I felt like that was definitely the best way to go about things. And so um, that when you look at indicators, you can almost tell right away if this is going to be something you can use or not. Now, I found out later that there's so many that's automated ways to test indicators, which are so superior to what I was doing that I really did pass up on a lot of good ones. But there's so many out there. That's another thing people don't know, Calvin. People you know, say bad things about indicators. You know, I have a couple of questions for them. One, how long have you been using them for trading? Two, were you using them to call tops and bottoms? And three, how many indicators can you even name? Most people can't even name five. There are over 10,000 indicators out there. Now, you think maybe just maybe there's some better options and they might be worth seeking out. And this is, you know, back in 2011, 2012, 2013, when all this really started for me. So I can imagine there's a lot more now. And so I was on a quest to find them. And as soon as I saw one, I could say, okay, is this viable or not? And then I would test it by hand against a select group of Forex pairs to see how they did. And then I would seek other ones out to try to put them together to see how well they played with the ones that I've already put through the test, which ones already passed. So I had my group of really good ones that I liked. And then I started adding other components to it to see if I could improve on those indicators to see really if I could reduce losses while keeping the wins, because that was the game for me right there. And so that whole puzzle um, does take up a lot of time, but it was, you know, every time you'd make a little breakthrough here and there, it was just so motivating. Like, uh, like I can't even put a descriptor on it. You know, you, you feel like you have a scientific breakthrough, you know, almost every week. And so that's what I was doing. And, um, I was just learning so much more in the process of what to do, what not to do. I was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger as time went on. And then it was just a matter of taking these little algorithms I put together and putting it into the market, you know, and that, and that was the next step to where, you know, you, you know how it is. You, you got to totally eat it and blow out your accounts, you know, several times, sometimes that that's how it was in my case. And, uh, and then once you do that, and once you start getting your money management and your psychology in order, then things slowly get better and better. And if you if you had the stones to stick with it, you know, really good things can happen. 
So when you're using these indicators and you're going through these indicators, are you looking for your indicators to give you signals to buy or sell? Or are you using these indicators to confirm things to then give you more confidence or a extra confluence or two to take what you already know based off price action? Yeah, extra confluence is a good way of putting it. Um, I always base off of one. And, uh, and you've seen my videos, either a confirmation indicator or a baseline is what most people center off of. You know, they find an indicator that works really good on its own and they're like, okay, how can I make this even better? And so you find another indicator that plays really well with it. Like I told you before, ones that will reduce the amount of losses while not cannibalizing your wins. And then you, then you can add a baseline indicator, which, you know, helps that process along even more. And then you can add a volume indicator, which is really important for trend traders because you need to know if the volume's there or not. If it's not, you know, there's there's not a really great chance price is going to trend at all and it's going to knock you out. So adding those components, you know, if if you can get something really good, you can take an indicator that does 50% win rate on its own and turn that into 57 or 60%. And you know, I've always said, you know, money management and trading psychology are the utmost important things in trading period. Nothing else matters after that. But we do focus on technical analysis because if you think about it, let's say if you had a 50% win rate, you know, if you can move that up to a 51 or a 52, every percentage point you move up in the lifespan of your trading career, you know, that could be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands over time. So technical analysis and perfecting your algorithm is something worth doing as well. Um, so that was always the game there. And then once you actually put it into practice, that's where the whole money management and psychology end of it really start to come into play. That's what knocks out just about everybody because you make all your money after the trade, not before the trade. And after the trade is where everybody royally screws up. So it was a it was a two-part process in that regard. It was the fun part of building the system. Then it was the agonizing part about actually putting it into the market and not having it work for you the way you thought it was going to and trying to kind of reverse engineer why that was. And thankfully, I journaled really, really heavy. That's the message I want to get out to everybody right now. If you're not journaling, stop trading because you're doing it wrong. Start a journal, write down every trade, and anytime you make a mistake, document it. Because that is the reason why I've become kind of a um, an expert on trading psychology is because I've made all the mistakes that all of you have made, but I actually wrote them down and I tried to figure out why they were happening. And so uh, because I did that, and I was able to help a lot of people on my channel, through the book, through the new podcast I have out right now, because you know we can talk about technical analysis all day, but I just, I want to drive that point home that it, everything has to come together. And if you don't have the psychological component as well, it really doesn't matter what you do. All these conversations we're having about technical analysis are, are, are futile. You know, it, it, it's not going to matter. I 1000% agree. And that was the big struggle for me. I had found something like as far as the technical aspect that was working. However, like you said, <laughs> you get into the trade and you think, oh, I did it, you know, but that's when it really matters. That's when you, <laughs> you make money or you lose money, like you said. And something that, that used to happen to me all the time, I used to get these great entries. I follow my rules, everything. And price would give me, let's say, 15, 20 pips and it will come back to break even. Right. <laughs> and so it would always happen. And I would always close out. And I would end up closing out with a little bit of a loss and I would feel so frustrated. And I had to build a money management plan that allowed me to continue to either, you know, start taking profits gradually or split positions up, which is something that you recommend. And like I had to build a strategy. And so I finally built something that worked for me where I was like, OK, out of 10 trades, I know I'm going to get this percentage. So. If I'm in a situation where price is coming back to break even, um, you know, like if I take out two positions, I'll close one like every like certain amount of pips. Or if I just take one position, I'll just play the odds. I accept the risk. I'm using proper risk management. I'll let it play out. And once I made a decision 
on what I was doing and how I'm going to manage that trade, things started to go in my favor. So I 1000% agree with that. Now, you talked about the psychology. Now, you wrote the book, No Nonsense Forex Trading Psychology, uh, which is a great read. I highly recommend it for anybody. You can search it on Amazon. It's available on Kindle. Um, just search up No Nonsense Forex Trading Psychology by Patrick Victor. Search that up. You'll see it. It's there. It's a great read. Now, what I want to talk about is personally for me, and I didn't know this. I did not know this until I get, and you, you know, until I got this knowledge from you, but I'm the type of person that I see things a certain way. So like, for example, I'm the type of person that if I'm driving down the street and I see a little kid walking across the street and I see this out of control vehicle swerving lanes and almost hit the kid, I'm the type of person that I'm probably going to try to pull up on the car and say something, right? That's not right. That's wrong of you. You know, I see things kind of black and white, right? It's either wrong or right. So what I didn't know is how that translated to my trading. And so I would wonder why, why am I always, if I'm in a trade and everything was good, setup was great, everything was good. And I get wicked out or something like that. And something crazy happens and I get taken out. Like I used to wonder like, why am I so frustrated? And in those moments, that's when I revenge trade. And that's when I jump back in and I try to take a bigger lot size to make up what I lost and didn't make what I was supposed to get. Why do I do that? And so can you talk about that? Because I learned how that correlates with my personality and the psychology. But I want you to kind of elaborate on that in terms of, you know, why we have such such mental breakdowns in the market and how that compares to just how we think and how we act and how our personalities are well first first of all no man ever wants to admit that he is emotionally weak in any regard uh, but all of us are when it comes to trading especially early on in the game because men are very focused on status and wealth and success you know women don't have these burdens that's a huge advantage they have uh, but this almost every western man feels these things and so we enter this game just a psychological mess and so your example is pretty good like i see things in black and white too like if somebody commits a crime they should get punished for it i mean easy right um but sometimes it doesn't happen sometimes they get away with that crime and that drives me nuts and so when I feel like a crime has been committed to me in the market, naturally that's going to mess with you. Um, and the solution is not an easy one. That, well, the solution is actually very easy, but it's it's so easier said than done, Calvin. It's when you trade, you, if you're not entering the game with an actual system, a rigid system that you follow every single time, again, stop trading until you create one because uh, you're screwed. If you're taking profit when you feel like it, that is not sustainable. That will not get you anywhere. That might work for you, you know, for three or four trades, and you might feel really smart and really, you know, really powerful, but it's going to fall apart eventually. So enter the game with a very rigid system before you even start putting real money on the table. And then two, regardless if you're an emotional person in real life, once you get in front of that screen and start trading, you have to shut it all completely down. You have to be emotionally dead inside. If I make $1,000 in one trade, if I lose $2,000 in one trade, so what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trading the system that I have tested out you know, four or five years back that I know works really well in all conditions. Because when you backtest, you don't see the futility. You don't see the prosperity. You just see the end results. But that system is going through a lot of highs and lows along the way. You know, you might not have seen it, but it did. And now you get to experience this in real time now. And like you said before, even if you have the Holy Grail, and I hate using that word because there's no such thing, but let's say you did have the Holy Grail and you can't deal with the ups and downs that are coming. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's You're not going to make sustainable money. There's no chance. You have to figure this part out. Every single person I know who has reached a certain level in their trading has this and it's it's non-negotiable. You know, you have to be able to turn those emotions off completely when you're trading or else you're finished. And that's what, you know, the new podcast I started last year is all about. Like, okay, 
I know these little situations that you're encountering because I encountered them too. Here's what you need to do about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, they all kind of have the same underlying answer. You know, you just have to push those emotions aside, make your trades, close the computer down, leave, and then go back to your regular life. It's the only way to approach it. So I have this, I just did an episode. I think it was the last episode or maybe the last two episodes. So had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a trader. And um, what I've noticed is that for me, because I run a business and I'm trading, a lot of times those lines get blurred and it's hard to find balance. And what I noticed is a part of the reason is because predominantly in my three years, my short three years of trading, I've been a scalper and I have gotten so many just different emotions from being a scalper. And so I was having this conversation. I just talked about it on the podcast that I'm strongly considering not scalping anymore because I can't structure my days the way they need to be structured. Because if I see a setup and something is cooking, but it's not ready to go yet. And it goes outside of my trading lines. Sometimes I'll just sit and wait and it's hard for me to find balance. And I noticed that because I'm a scalper and it's so easy to see what looks like a setup when you're scalping smaller time frames, cause you got so many candles moving and they're moving and closing so fast. It gives you the indication that you have a setup and it makes you want to trade more. Right. And so I just came to the realization that, you know, I really got to get to higher time frames where setups are not as likely, but at least I'm in a frame of mind where I can place a trade and then I can follow my money management tactics and I can be balanced in my life. So for you, what are your thoughts on scalping versus um, higher time frames, whether it be intraday or swinging? Give me your thoughts on that. And just share with our listeners your point of view. And have you noticed that those that scalp tend to have a lot of emotional imbalances and it's really hard for them <laughs> in terms of dealing with the psychological part of trading? Have you noticed that? I mean, you know what I'm going to say, right? I definitely do, but I just want you to say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're, you're, te you're teeing me up. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one of the, the most common feedback uh, points I get from people are if I have, you know, I don't, maybe I don't trade the exact same way you do VP, but the one thing you gave me was to trade the daily chart instead of the intraday charts. That one thing, honestly, if you guys want to level up your psychology immediately, stop scalping and switch to the daily time frame. And what if I told you there was a time frame out there where all of your tools actually worked better and more accurately and you could get your time back and you could trade a lot of pairs without having to juggle them back and forth. I trade 36 currency pairs, you know, and I trade metals and, you know, I'm, I'm working on crypto and I couldn't do that if I was scalping, that would be impossible. Um, but I think, especially when we first start learning and when we start following people on Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and things like that, most of the charts they are using are smaller timeframes. Um, this is the case now. This is the case a long time ago when I first learned everything I saw was 15-minute chart, five-minute chart sometimes. So I just thought, oh, this is this is what I'm supposed to do as well. And so I drove myself absolutely nuts. You know, th think about this, Calvin. I would come back from work at about 11 o'clock, you know, eat some eat something. You know, I'm I'm on Pacific time, you know, when I'm doing this. Start the London Open right around midnight. Trade until six, you know, sometimes major USD news would come out at 530. I would, my head would hit the pillow at six with all this anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, I still have a USD trade open. You know, what's going to happen, you know, as the result of this news and wake up at two in the afternoon, get ready for work at four and just have this horrible death cycle repeat itself. I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. <laughs> I can feel my, my physical health deteriorate, my mental health everything. And so that's how I found the daily chart. And I'm like, where has this been my entire life? I check in for 15 minutes a day and I actually have much, much better results. Why do people scalp? <laughs> what is their problem? And I think maybe it just comes down to instant gratification. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, if there's one 
instant thing uh, your listeners can take away from this right now, even though they may not, they may not want to because they're not conditioned to think this way. Switch over to the daily time frame and see what happens. I think you're really going to like what you find. You know, I, I don't. Financial freedom for me is not being glued to a screen for eight hours. You know, that's just like working a regular job. You know, what's the point? You know, but if if you can do that and then have the rest of your day to start a business or work a job or work two jobs, whatever you want, Forex can fit into your life really well or it can fit into your life really poorly. You know, the decision there is yours. Well said, well said. And I knew where he was going, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I set the question up that way. <laughs> um, so with that being said, and you said some things toward the end, but is it, so I want you to shine the light on, uh, before we get back to your journey, I want you to shine the light on the perception that I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to make my rent next month. I'm going to be able to take care of all my expenses and leave my job in the next two months. I want you to speak to that mindset because is it possible to make a million dollars a year tr trading or as a professional prop trader? I'm sure absolutely everybody can agree that anything you set your mind to with time, with patience, with development, with growth, it's possible. But I want you from your standpoint, somebody that literally came into this skill set, knowing nothing about it and literally piecing together things and building your system yourself and then getting to become hired as a professional prop trader, which I want to get to that part of the story next. But from your perspective, what's the realities and what's like, of course there's no timetable, but what's something that people can realistically put in their minds in terms of when this will pay for them? Uh, Forex trading is not going to make you a millionaire. Put that in your head right now. Uh, maybe after you're 10 years in and you've built up a really big account and you can you know trade enough to get to a million, okay, maybe that day might come. But it is so highly improbable. You know, I think I think a lot of these people that had such quick success caught lightning in a bottle. And that there's there is nothing sustainable about that success. Again, like I like you and I talked about earlier in the in the podcast, I don't necessarily disbelieve that these things are happening but you know it, you know with leverage you know if you can hit a good streak you can make a lot of money right off the rip and then say look you know i made two hundred thousand dollars in a week i made a million dollars you know in, in three months that's possible but if you want that to become your your everyday life there's no way that's going to happen unless you have put in a lot of time and built your account up really, really big. You know, it's it's that saying, how do you make a, a small fortune? You know, start with a large fortune. You know, if you can get your account up to, you know, $8 million, then yeah, you can make a million in a year for sure. But th these dreams that, you know, YouTube and Twitter do a really good job of projecting to gullible new traders is not reality at all. Does that make sense? It can happen, but the way it does happen is very, very unsustainable. I think most of us coming into this want to trade as a profession or have it replace something that we're already doing. If that is your goal, understand that like everything else, this is going to be an absolute grind. It's very, very attainable. I've had hundreds of people go through my channel and become you know, uh, funded traders themselves in some capacity. Um, the very few channels are doing that. So be careful who you follow, but it, it's, there's nothing quick and sustainable about it. Please get that out of your head now, because that is exactly how most people get wrecked. You know, like I said, we're all about status. We're all about success. We all hate working. We want to get rid of that as soon as possible. And I think you can attest to this too, Calvin, that is an absolute recipe for disaster. I've been talking about it lately, VP. It's it's the dream that I was sold. And I'm Me telling too. you, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's, it's not the reality. And I think because one thing that I've done, I have interviewed a few prop firm traders that are more of the newer type of prop firms. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to get to that next. But um, I just want to throw this in there. They have all said, well, the ones that I've interviewed are ones that I really have followed their integrity and I knew bringing them on that they would give the honest view of it. And a lot, 
I would fair to say all of them that I've interviewed have said, yeah, I had that big month, but right after that, I blew the account. They all have said that. They all have said it. And it's just proof that, yeah, sometimes you catch a little rhythm and you do some things because everything's flowing right, but it's not sustainable over time. And that's what I had to learn on my journey. You know, it's, it's, you can't account for what you're going to make on a month to month basis. And you can't take what you did in one, one month where it was just astronomical. And you can't say that that's going to happen all the time. It's just not the nature of the beast. And so, um, yeah, I'm learning that. And I definitely am very, very vocal, um, like about that now and just letting people know realistically, it's like, it's not going to happen right away, but you can, you can do this and you can start to supplement some of your income, but it happens with time. So with that being said, let's jump back to your story. So you are working and grinding out this strategy, this system, not strategy, this system of trading, um, in this algorithm of trading and you're experimenting with these indicators. Okay. When do you get to the point where you have fine-tuned some things. We've heard that you've blown some personal accounts by just going through this process and testing these things out. When do you get to the point where you are going to now apply for Maverick? When do you get to that point? So I want everybody to understand that my timeline is not going to be the same as your timeline because I was pioneering a brand new system that had never been seen before. You know, I had no uh, precedent to work from. You know, I had to completely do this on my own. Um, a lot of trial and error, mostly error. So uh, most people aren't going to be doing that. They're going to be, you know, uh, mimicking off a system that's already out there. That's fine. Um, but so if I really, if I really got started, maybe 2010. Uh, around 2013, things really started to come together and I was able to put some really good results forward that I could present to a prop firm because I knew they were going to want those. Um, and then, like I said, in 2014, I presented it to Maverick, passed their interview, passed their testing, got funded, and then started that whole journey there. I do want to say one thing real quick, um, because you said something that, that, that triggered me a little bit and you were talking about prop traders that would have a really good month and then blow out their account. Now, I'm not sure how literally you meant that, but if you have reached the prop firm stage of your trading career, blowing out an account should be physically impossible. You, know, you should have a money management strategy in place that's percentage-based that prevents that from ever happening. Now, maybe you hit the drawdown limits and you get fired. That's one thing. But if you're if you're blowing out accounts at all, you are not ready for somebody else's money. Just if you want to kind of figure out where you are in your career, that's a really good way to know. Yep. And that's what I meant. They hit the, the uh, drawdown for the day and it, you kind of, okay. That, that, that's different. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. I was like, if they're blowing out entire <laughs> accounts and they're prop firm traders, there's something horribly wrong. You know, if a prop firm is not allowing you to trade the way that you have, you know, built your success on, then go find another one. You know, there, there's a lot of them. But with uh, with Maverick, it was a really great fit because they have a great support staff and they have daily videos and they really don't want you to fail because the psychological hit you're going to take from not trading other people's money to trading other people's money is intense. Like I can't even really describe it. You know, you could be, you know, you could have your psychology locked down. Once you hit the big stage like that, it's not going to matter. You're going to fall apart. And I did. And I, uh, I almost... Um, hit those levels and lost my account with Maverick. Um, but they were really great, very supportive. And I was able to slowly build myself back up. Um, and I'm not sure you, I would have gotten that in other firms. So you really have to do your due diligence on these and see how it all factors in. Um, because some of them are fly by night. Some of them are very restrictive in the way they want you to trade. Some of them won't let you hold accounts over the weekend, which if you're trading the daily chart, that's really problematic. You know, no matter what you do, do your due diligence because getting stuck in a prop firm that's not right for you is is going to be an absolute mess, and it's going to affect you. You know, months, maybe years after 
you leave, um, which you're, you're almost certainly going to leave if it's a bad fit. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, what does life for VP look like now? What is a, a normal day in your life look like? It, it's pretty, I'm not going to say chaotic. It's just really busy um, because I always like to have things going on. I don't like boredom. That's why um, I was having this conversation with somebody else. Like I could never live in a beach town. You know, like, like that's everybody's dream. Like, you know, live on the beach and just do nothing. That's, it's way too slow for me. Um, because you have to understand, you know, when you don't have an actual job job anymore, then you don't have the stresses of a job. So you don't want to decompress. You actually want stimulation. And so I need things that keep me stimulated and what better things to keep you stimulated than things that actually, you know, excite you and make you money at the same time. So you know, I still have my YouTube channel. Uh, we do three videos a week and a blog. So that keeps me busy. Um, I do deep research into investing because that's one of my podcasts and I have to, I have to actually know what I'm talking about. I have three different businesses. Um, one of it, one of them kind of runs themselves. The other two require a lot of my attention. You know, I try to, I try to stay fit. Um, I try to stay healthy. I, I try to cook all the time. You know, those things pretty much take up most of my day. And so I just always make sure I have things going on. And I usually like really go out and party maybe one day a week and then spend the next day recovering. But that's really the only times where I'm not like physically doing something most of the time. And I understand that's not for everybody, but that's always been the way I'm programmed. And the fact that I'm always building towards something, whether it's, you know, whether it's maintaining my channel, whether it's, you know, building another business, whether it's learning Spanish, you know, all of these things you know, are building. And I think that's what, what guys like. We like to build stuff and we like to see things grow and we like to enjoy the fruits of that labor. So that's what my day is typically like. We actually did an episode on this too, on the Trading Psychology Podcast, because me and my co-host are very much this way to where we constantly need that stimulation um, because I don't get it from substances. So I actually have to get it from life. And, and that's where it comes from. So if you saw my day, you'd be like, God, this guy's a lunatic, but it's exactly the way I want it to go. If that makes sense. It does. It does. And you know, I, uh, I gotta ask this, like, have you ever dealt with, um, depression, like as a trader, like, because you were just trading at some point and you didn't have other things going on. Did you ever feel, you know, any sign of depression or, or like, man, I need to do something more than just sit in front of a computer. I think depression is a really strong word and it's a very misdiagnosed word these days, especially um, like there's a lot more depressed people now than there were in the eighties somehow, you know, is it really happening or do we just call things different things now? Um, but that, that's another rant for a different day, but, uh, I agree. So I never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, where I'm going with that, but yeah, but I'm trying to uh, find the best way. All right. Let's put it this way. Unmotivated. Like as you were on your journey, did you ever have moments where you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just trading. I put on my trade. Like, what do I do next? And you find yourself, you know, maybe eating a little bit more or maybe just watching TV a little bit more. Let's put it that way. I have an even better word. Let's, uh, let's call it hopelessness. That's where, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. To where like everything you've been working up to just isn't working and hasn't been working for a while. And you're like, you just feel like you went all the way back to the very beginning. Um, and that's not, that's not really what's happening. You've put in a lot of work and you've built a really good foundation. It's just not working the way you expected it to work. That's not really, not necessarily a result of the system you put together. That is probably a result of one of two things. One, your expectations, which were not realistic to begin with, or because you're not journaling, like I said, and you're not chronicling the psychological mistakes you're making, and you're not being honest about the mistakes you're making because your ego, then that's probably what took you down and you don't even realize it because you haven't had the presence of mind to uh, to notice it, to recognize it, and actually write it down. That's a big thing that takes down so many really gifted traders with really great systems is not understanding that one thing. You know, it's it's the silent killer. 
you don't realize it's eating you until it's way, way too late. So, uh, so I, I hate to keep taking things back to psychology, but that's really kind of where it goes. You know, once you've gotten good at the actual nuts and bolts of things, then there's that widow maker that takes out 99.9% of people. And it's like I said, it's that silent killer that people just don't realize it. And because our egos are what they are, even if we recognize it, we still won't admit it. So just remember that when you're dealing with bouts of futility, that it's probably not this really great system that you've back tested and does really well. It's probably you. And the good news is that is a fixable problem. The bad news is it's going to take some work on your end. And it's going to take um, a little bit of humility on your end too, which is not really what this industry is about, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. So what are you journaling? Like, what are you writing down? What's important for you to document after you've just finished or you just executed a trade? So there's the, there's the basic things of what you journal, like the currency pair, um, the, the price, things like that, things everybody should be doing. But there's on my spreadsheet, there's the comments section, which everybody thinks is just kind of an also ran, kind of an unimportant thing. No, it's the most important column on your entire spreadsheet. Um, and this, this is one of the old podcast episodes I did and one of the blogs I did that just, again, it's the gift that keeps on giving because people can almost just copy, copy and paste this. But the comments section is the most important because if you can be honest with yourself and you say, okay. I made a real mistake here. Put it in the comments section and leave it there. And then after a month, go back and see how many times you put an entry in the comments section. If that answer is not one or zero, then you still have a lot of work to do because think about it. We all know that losses usually hurt more than wins help. So that's why I always build my algorithm to, to decrease the amount of losses as much as I can. But you're giving yourself losses that your system didn't even earn, which is nuts. And if you're doing that three, four times a month, you know how much that affects your bottom line? It's insane. So if you can, one, diagnose and recognize the problem and put your ego aside and, and realize that you are making these problems and chronicle them in a journal then you are already part of the way there. Now you can actually go fix these things. You can't fix things you don't even know exist. So when it comes to the journal, I just want people to understand. You can put the first four or five columns however you want, really. You know, I have my way, other people have theirs. But that comments section is the game. And if you can't do that, then you have to understand your chances of being sustainable and sustainably successful in a market that chews up and spits out 99.9% of the people who enter it. I mean, think about the think about the, the success fail rate of this market. It's extraordinary. Now we 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 try to become that 0.1%. Look, it's not going to happen unless you figure this part out. And that journal and that comments section in particular is the best way to start to figure this whole process out over time. Well said, well said. So if this was your last interview, if this was your last opportunity to give some words of advice to new traders, new and beginner traders specifically, let's just say the fed chair, Mr. Jerome said, VP, I don't know how to balance this, this budget. I don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to give you trillions of dollars and we want you to trade it for us. And a part of that deal was you cannot teach, share advice, or you can't talk publicly about trading anymore. So this is your last opportunity to say something, to give some advice. What would those words be? Like, look, man, things are what they are. You know, I have to, the only way for me to be successful as a trader is to dance with the girl that brought me there. you know. And that girl is this system that I spent years developing and still spend years improving that I know does really well when there's not some idiot in front of it trading it. Okay, So I have to make sure I'm not that idiot. I have to make sure I am as robotic as possible. 
And that's the only way it's ever going to work. Look, I don't make the rules, but those are the rules. You know, I don't like them. I would like to be, you know, a, a human being with regular emotions and things like that, but I don't have that luxury. I don't have that luxury when I'm trading my own money. I don't ha- I'm cer- certainly not going to have that luxury when I'm trading trillions, you know, for the Fed. So that's just what it is. Um, yeah, it, it, it's as simple as that. But again, as you and I both know, adhering to it and following it, especially when you're in the moment, is one of the hardest things to do. So you have to do everything you can to eliminate those little bugaboos that are going to come in and take you down. You know, trading the daily chart is a really good start. Chronicling and journaling your emotions is another really good move. You know, understand it's go- it's going to be a while before you get there. You know, everybody's going to be different here, but. If you can put in the work and get there, I'm telling you, trading for a living, whether it's all of the money you make or some of the money you make, and I do recommend it being some of the money you make and having other income streams, but you'll figure that out over time too, um, j- just for the psychological hit, you know, knowing that you know if you have a really bad month that you might not make payments, like that's that's just unfair to your own psyche. Don't do that to yourself. You know, either get to a point to where it doesn't matter or have other streams too. But um, because, yeah, you must completely shut it off when you're trading. You know, the really good traders do that. The quants do that because it's all automated. They don't have to put themselves in front of it. You know, that's that's the key to success right there. That's it. It's not it's not trend lines and indicators so much. Those things are nice little bonuses if you know how to figure all that stuff out. And that's the stuff that excites most people. That's where most of my views come from on my channel. But if you really want to hit that OG status, you have to look where they're not looking. And nobody is paying attention to the one thing that no matter how good you are at the technical analysis is going to take everybody down at some point. Shift your focus from over here to over here. And I'm telling you, it's going to be it's still going to be a grind, but you're going to be so, so much better off for it. And it's going to translate to other things in life, too. You know, it already has for me. Ladies and gentlemen, VP, ladies and gentlemen, let us know where we can find you. And uh, yeah. So the channel is No Nonsense Forex. It has about 283,000 subscribers. Um, And uh, you don't get there if it doesn't work. I mean, there's a reason why it's that big, especially because I don't, I'm so anti-hype. You know, so hype had nothing to do with it. it. It works because it works. So go there for the videos. But I think if you have never heard of me before or you really want to get started, the one thing I didn't do a great job of is put things in order for people like five, six years later. So you need to go to the website for that. Go to nononsenseforex.com. Um, read the read the homepage. Watch the first video. It's a beginner's video. Whether you're a beginner in Forex or not, doesn't matter. You're a beginner to this system. So watch that video. And that will give you a roadmap on how to navigate everything else. This is an actual course put together. You can't just jump around and cherry pick the videos you want. You really have to kind of deprogram what you already know. And the videos do help you do that. Um, even if I'm not super kind about you know things like trend lines and the RSI and stuff like that, you may, you may get upset at me for a little bit, but just keep going. Um, and then if you, if you really the type who wants to sit there and take a course that's over, you know, 180 videos long, then you are probably someone who is built to do this long-term. Um, if you're not, well then, you know, maybe go latch onto somebody else, cross your fingers and hope for the best. But if you, if you want a system that is indicator based, that gives you definitive signals to where you're not second guessing yourself all day. And if you really do understand that money management and psychology really is the key to success, but so few people talk about it because it doesn't get clicks, then you are officially in the right place. So go to nononsenseforex.com and you can just get started right there. So VP, any last comments before we get out of here? No, Calvin, let me just say I love what you're doing. I love how the channel has grown. I think it serves a real purpose and I wish you all the success down the road. Thank you so much, VP. Ladies and gentlemen, Calvin, a new trader, VP. Definitely check him out. No nonsense for X. You could just Google it and everything will pop up. But uh, this has been a great one. Till next time. Listen, guys, me and VP, we look forward to running into you at the bank one day. All right. So make sure that you do what you got to do. You be patient, you be disciplined. And whether it's trading, whether it's a business, whether it's whatever the case may be. 
I know we all going to be successful. If this works out or it doesn't work out, use this as motivation to see that somebody started out doing something that he knew nothing about and he learned it. He took time, he fell in love with it, and he found success with it. So when I say I want to meet you at the bank, I want to meet you at the bank. I want you to be successful doing something you love to do. And the result of that is going to equal getting paid. All right. So whatever your level of success is, I want to catch you and meet you at the bank. All right. Till next time, guys. Holla at you later.